Movie Hour, Episode 67, January 14, 2010. Spoiler alert! The following hour of programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Welcome one and all to the Kirstie Alley's Low-Fat Movie Hour. I'm your host, Greg Maloney, and joining me today are my two friends and co-hosts, James Maloney and Jeff Hendrickson. I'm happy you guys could make it tonight. Me too. It was a close call. Just, close call? What happened? Uh, I was almost bored and didn't show up. Jeff, wait your turn. Wait your turn, Jeff. Sorry. And, <laughs> welcome welcome back, Jeff. Happy birthday. This is like the happy birthday Hendrickson episode. Nobody, uh, nobody knew that. Is Thanks. this today your official birthday? Uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, but yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not Craziness. making a big deal of it. So yeah, this is, this is the closest. Well, and a, a weird, you know, maybe you know, stab at luck. I'll just say happy birthday to my buddy Matt too. Today's his actual birthday. Matt B. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't know. Oh, that. cool. I called him this weekend. I should have said happy birthday. Shit! Now I'm going to look like a mean person. Oh, that sucks. Um, yeah, I hope you guys are uh, feeling a little better than I am. It's been snowing constantly in Michigan. You guys are obviously know that, but uh, we had a we, between that and our soccer game we had on Sunday playing against like eighteen year olds. I got jacked in the back and I can't even sit straight. I'm in the I'm at the studio right now and I have like three interns getting uh, heat pads for me. You need just to like that cycles. Yeah, man. You probably. get beat up like every game, or at least you know, so you say. I'm just weak. I think. I'm frail. I'm, getting like, I'm like 80 now. Jeff, did you play on this game? Yeah. Did you not protect my brother? Uh, I, I was busy getting hurt myself. I, I've been oh. limping all day today. <laughs> limping nonstop. But there are there are some good points to this uh, being uh, immobilized, and that's I've been able to sit around and do some, some more research for the movie hour. And uh, I was actually bored playing around with Netflix, and I realized there's a feature on there Go Go Netflix that I had not seen before, and apparently you can go around and look at based on region or area of, of uh, the U.S. You can look at who subscribes to Netflix movies more than like the the average area would. So if uh, I think the example I put at gungabit.com, you can find the links on there, uh, was if the average city rents Patch Adams like one out of a thousand people. Uh, or subscribers, and another town does it like three hundred out of a thousand. That would be on the list. And it was a, uh, it's fun. It's fun to look at your local area and see what uh, people people around you and your culture uh, like to watch versus everyone else. It's it's pretty interesting. I'm pretty sure my area is filled with a bunch of douches. Pretty sure most areas are. <laughs> Why? What was on, what was on the list for? What was it? I don't know if Rochester's on there. It is because every time I go on there, it tries to recommend other movies from Rochester fans. Type of thing. That's awesome. So I kind of knew that it. Ex- um, I don't remember off the top of my list, but every time I see it, I just go, "Yeah, whatever." Garbage, garbage, garbage. And I always, you know, just skip past the recommendations. That's that's great. There, what's the other thing that led me to this was somebody made an interactive map so you can go through by zip code and look at just just scroll around and see what people like. It's uh, it's interesting, but it's only by it's only has like ten major cities, which unfortunately um, is that Waterford. You mean like per state then, right? Uh, it no, it's it's almost it's major cities. Like it's only like Dallas, San Fran, New York, and there's only like ten maps you can look at. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. 
Wasn't sure. Wasn't sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, cast aside uh, what's happened the, the last week, we have our uh, our movie discussions to do. Our movie discussions to do, of course, starting with the ever infamous Hollywood Rundown, which still is nameless. But I think next week, next week is going to be uh, the, the maiden voyage. We've got the, some the good ones. So get in your yeah. get in your last minute suggestions. Even if you've already made yeah. a suggestion, you can do better. Yeah. It's big. I know you. We can. are looking. I believe in I you. I I know you can do it. Topic number one of the Highwood Rundown. Ding, ding, ding. Your illustrious host is going to vomit because he decided to eat fast food three times today. Oh, seriously, though. I feel, I feel fucking Did you really do that? Sorry. Yeah. I ate, three, I ate Taco Bell twice today. Oh, my and God. Then, and, and then finished. <laughs> I know. It's Dude, so bad. put down the microphone and call an ambulance. <laughs> and finished with McDonald's. I feel terrible. I'm going to die. You if, are That's terrible. probably why I sound like shit. I know, man. I know. It's Tomorrow's shopping day. Tomorrow's shopping day. No, seriously. So, number one. Some 17-year-old kicked you in the back. You shouldn't be complaining about that. You should be complaining about the 27-year-old that fed your body poison three times today. <laughs> yeah, I do feel really bad, and I'm probably going to be up till one vomiting. We'll see. Anyways, the real number one. The real number well, one. Totally awesome good. director. Totally awesome director Sam Raimi backed out on Spider-Man 4 after stating he couldn't be he wouldn't be able to finish the film for its summer release date without sacrificing its creative integrity. Yeah, that's kind of like when you know Harrison Ford didn't want to do Indiana 4 until a good script came along. <laughs> that was a sweet script, dude. Do you yeah. not remember the nuclear explosion when he's in the fridge and he flies the aliens? Like a, yeah, a thousand, yeah. A thousand feet. Don't spoil it. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I think we already spoiled it, actually. But, yeah, I mean, that didn't really stop him from doing others. Can't he just throw in, like, a thousand special effects and just go from there? Have you lost your, your faith, or did you have faith in Sam Raimi at some point, James? Uh, Sure, I liked him at some point. But, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the Spider-Man films. Interesting. Is it because uh the actors, or is it actually the story? Uh, I like the story in the first one. It seemed pretty consistent with, uh, you know, how, you know, you're taught how the whole history went. Uh, not a big fan of the casting. Um, and then the, by the time they got to the third one, the third one was just, I mean, pure special effects orgasms, it seemed like. Uh, I, this might be a little surprise to you, but after Sam Raimi ended up, uh, now that it's officially off, I love how Sony Pictures, uh, the the owners of of uh, the Spider-Man setup is now deciding to say fuck everything, and they're just going to reboot the entire series with a whole new crew, new actors, and obviously without Sam Raimi. And uh, I guess be... you'll have another chance to like it, James. You know, I, I actually I have something to add here before James talks about how he hated yeah. the Spider-Man movies, um, <laughs> which I kind of did too. Anyway, um, if Sam Raimi. <laughs> Like, I understand where Sam Raimi's coming from on this. Like, you wouldn't want to do anything to, you know, spoil your creative integrity. Like, for instance, um, he decided to burn out rather than fade away uh, when he was doing his TV show Mantis. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but it was a great, great show. I'll read you the synopsis real quick, if you don't mind. A brilliant no, wheelchair-bound scientist invents a form of exoskeleton called the mechanically augmented neurotransmitter system mantis that turns him into a superhero and gives him the ability to fight the crime wave that is engulfing his city uh when he when he created and wrote that uh, you know there, there were only a few episodes but um he really uh he really showed showed the world what he had and i'm really disappointed he's not going to just be able to do spider-man's into oblivion 
Yeah. I well, wonder if he made it on the East Lansing Netflix list of any of his <laughs> movies. Maybe that's what he's like concentrating on. <laughs> hey, hey, leave uh, leave the alma alma mater alone. Uh, yeah, actually, another thing that's sort of interesting, which ever everyone that's in the know knows, uh, Sam Raimi's uh, signed on to do the World of Warcraft movie that's coming out. Everyone's uh, favorite video game, and uh, yeah, creative integrity, something to, something to worry about. There was there's a big. I think that was the other issue was. The World of Warcraft movie was supposed to happen after Spider-Man 4, and there might have been some push to actually get that out earlier, and Sam Raimi just has other excuses. I don't know. Something well, to think about. One man's loss is another man's gain. I mean, this could be Jerry's opportunity to jump back into the directing. <laughs> oh, Or maybe uh, Zombie John Hughes can do it. That's maybe true. Zombie John yeah. Hughes can do it. He, he's probably got a great script. We can see. Uh, number two of the Hollywood Rundown, Nick Nolte, the Nick Nolte documentary, uh, I think it's Nick Nolte, No Exit, scores big points at Sundance. It's been selected among the few of uh, for the Sundance, Sundance Selects TV feature. I don't know if you guys uh, heard of this new thing where Sundance actually has their own television like channel. But the big thing is the Sundance Select thing is you can actually just do like video on demand of these specific movies. And this one was so good. Everyone loves Nick Nolte so much that it uh, it made it as one of the uh, one of those features. Really? It's going so yeah. well for him that yeah. Gary Busey's <laughs> career is experiencing a windfall just by sheer association. <laughs> they do sort of have that same appeal, don't they? Residual fame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, do we really care about Nick Nolte this much? I mean, why the hell does he have a documentary about him? I don't understand. Everyone loves Nick Nolte. He There's was a, almost Han Solo. <laughs> there, there was a great quote uh, from him. I, th- it's, I think it's in the trailer, actually, that I had seen online where he talks about how he would put cocaine on on the script, and once in a while he would lean over and read a line as what he was what he said. And uh, I just love the idea of someone being on set and just just throwing down cocaine. Yeah, I think yeah. Gary Busey would have been a much better topic. I mean, that guy's a crazy motherfucker. Whereas Dolty's just a Addicted drug user, apparently. <laughs> Did you not see the Gary Busey TV show when it was uh, yeah, I'm with Busey, that terrible show? Yeah, <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, and then he was oh. on some kind of rehab show, too. <laughs> right, which one. right. Anyhow, uh, moving down to Hollywood Rundown, topic number three. Uh, Avatar moves up to the second highest grossing film worldwide slash all-time, replacing Lord of the Rings' Return of the King in terms of worldwide gross. Uh, J- James uh, Big Dog Cameron now owns the top two spots of all time with uh, his 1997 movie Titanic still at uh, the big numero uno. That's Spanish for all you Spanish majors out there. Uh, but yeah, pretty crazy shit. This is very crazy. I think we're officially at phenomenon level here. And you've got to be pretty happy because, I mean, it's taken number one for the year now, which makes me and Jeff wrong with our prediction. Yep. And we're just as wrong as you now. Yeah, this is true. No. Just not right about anything. <laughs> I'm pulling. I'm pulling you guys down to my level. Yeah, yeah that's pretty. But I mean, it's. I mean, it beat E.T. for you know all time domestic, which is crazy. That's talking you know the big, the big winners of all time. So right, yeah, it, this is crazy. I noticed that it was taken down the, the second and the third and the fourth weekend records too, just like Titanic was. So I'm wondering oh if you know. Cameron just going out and buying tickets to you know, recreate. Will it, will it go all the way, Jim, or will this will this ship sink on its way to the Titanic top? Um, you like no, <laughs> I, I don't think it's got. The I had that written down Titanic. somewhere. And <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, uh, it's been one month, and I don't have the worldwide numbers in front of me, but at least domestically, it's number five all time at four hundred thirty-five million, and Titanic sitting at six hundred million domestic. 
And that's that ten months. It was Titanic was out for ten months, and Avatar is only at one month, and it's a hundred. Like, of course, it's losing some steam, but Lord yeah. knows this thing's gonna win Lord, like how many Oscars, and then people are just gonna go out and see it again. Like, haven't don't you have your own like personal story here? Haven't you tried to see this thing like three times now, and it's been sold out? Um, I've investigated it once, and right didn't really feel like fighting the crowd, so yeah, I didn't go in, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm I'm interested in seeing it. The thing I'm really interested in is how much of this grosses from surcharges from the IMAX stuff. I don't know if it's like forty percent of it's like IMAX extras or you know what the deal is there. Good question. I know it actually did. Now it has number one as an IMAX movie too. Like in terms of the IMAX ticket sales, it's number okay. one. Um, but I don't know how much of that million. It's not that big. It's only like six hundred, like uh, not six hundred, sixty-seven million domestic for the IMAX stuff. Um, that's a lot. I guess, but I guess it's a good Well, is that just it. the true IMAX theaters, though, or is it, like, all this... I mean, because you went to the, you know, the one... Yeah, the a pseudo theater. IMAX one. Yeah, yeah, and they charged you extra, didn't they? Um, I don't know. You can never fucking tell anymore, man. You get charged for... You get charged for everything. Like, I, I end up buying a ticket, and I get charged for buying a ticket. Like, again. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah, that's, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. Avatars, I think it's going to be just number one across the board. It's it's got it, dude. No problem. Um, are you still going to see? You got both. Of you guys haven't seen it yet, right? Yet. Um, I know Jim. Yet would be a safe statement for me. I, w- I would right. like to see it. Yeah, to check it out. And Same, Jim. You and I should. Uh, you and I should go see it sometime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And for I'll Jack's actually birthday. go with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you won't. You won't stab me in the back with a rake. Yeah. I'll actually follow through. Whatever. Next topic. Front of the show, Sly Stallone underwent emergency surgery after he incurred a hairline fracture in his neck in an action scene with Stone Cold Steve Austin. The first time I wrote that, by the way, I wrote I wrote Cold Stone Steve Austin, and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's ice cream. Anyhow, he was quoted telling FHM magazine the testosterone the testosterone was flowing. That's how we stop him. We just get him to agree to some crazy stunt. And then accidentally kill him. It's the only way, I think. Stopping I think of this before. Why would yeah. you want to stop him? You mean why not? Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Why would you? Pretty soon he's going to be the governor of Massachusetts or something. <laughs> yeah. The mayor. Oh man, the mayor. He was awful mayor. to begin with, and now he's just a caricature of awful. So it's yeah. He does need to be stopped, and this is just the way to do it. Apparently, somebody never saw over the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you know, under, Tango and Cash. Anyone? All I gotta say is like, Sly, Judge buddy, Shred. you gotta, you gotta just take it easy because you're important to the industry here. Uh, the Expendables is gonna be a great movie. It's something we'll talk about later, of course, because it's not, it's not done yet. But um, yeah, man, take it easy because we're like we have a vested relationship. Rambo here. Three. You're, you're, you're a friend of the show. You gotta be careful, like. Joaquin Phoenix, we had to talk with him over and over again, and I don't want to send people after you to get you uh, to take it easy. Sometimes we have your publicist's phone number. Yeah, and apparently it's not a threat. It's not a threat. He has a metal plate. He has a metal plate in his neck now, dude. A metal plate. So we can find him anywhere. He's mostly machine now. (laughs) (laughs) His his own life. He's gonna be able to write a memoir and turn it into a movie. Anyhow, that does it for our Hollywood Rundown today. Uh, last week's was a little more intense because we had two weeks to cover. But, yeah, hope you enjoyed the feature. We'll uh, be back next week uh, with the new Hollywood Rundown and its, its fresh new new look. Uh, but, yeah, that moves on to our next feature, our movie reviews. And I believe, uh, let's see, Jeff, how about you start us off today? All right, cool. Uh, I saw a movie called Tokyo. 
Um, Tokyo Gore Police? No, just Tokyo. Uh, I, okay. I have seen Tokyo Gore Police. It's a pretty interesting uh, movie. It features... Well, I should, I should clarify. I saw two-thirds of a movie called Tokyo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't so it must have been really good. Well, Greg and I were watching it together, and Greg was like, hey, if we play the last third of this movie, I'm going to fall asleep. So I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's, let's not do that. Then. Um, Did you feel the same way? Did you feel the same way? I don't know. Um, may, maybe a it little was, bit. This was after the soccer game where I got kicked in the back. Right, the right, way, so right. You're, you're a victim. I know. Um, the the story about this movie is that um, it's three parts, and they they don't seem to be intertwined at all. Um, but they all take place in Tokyo, and uh, the the first two directors are actually French um, from the, from the three parts: uh, Michel Gondry of uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind fame, and Leo, I believe it's Kara or Carex or something. Um, I haven't really seen anything he's done, although it looks like he's done some. Uh, he's directed a few movies before, so um, so yeah. The first two parts I, I thought were pretty good. They're both relatively weird, um, but uh, you know, uh, it's pretty interesting. It took place in, like I said, Tokyo. The first one was about a couple who was just moving to Tokyo. Um, the guy was a uh, filmmaker, and the girl really didn't have like a lot of ambition. Was kind of like the thing, and they were staying with a friend of hers um, in her tiny, tiny little apartment, and just kind of trying to find an apartment. And all these bad things that happened, and eventually it takes kind of a little bit, bit of a bizarre twist. And uh, and the second one was about a man called uh, Mr. Shit, who uh, <laughs> who who comes out of the uh, Tokyo sewers and like wreaks havoc on Tokyo, and uh, he's like so, like. He, He's got like his own crazy language and his own crazy religion, and they're like, there's like another guy that comes to represent him in court that speaks his same language, and it's 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 it was bizarre, but I found it very interesting, and it had a really cool soundtrack. Like the soundtrack just really yeah, complemented right. it very well. That. So, yeah, that um, that was. Uh, did you yeah. did you get the first part? Like when so. Nothing, nothing too terribly to to spoil here. At some point, uh, the story between the like the guy that's the filmmaker and then the girl that's sort of like just trying to find her way, uh, they end up making jokes and sort of like not even just jokes, but criticizing the girl for not doing anything with her life, no ambition, whatever. And then later on, she starts turning into a chair, and she's a chair, like a literal chair. Like chair, yes. Yeah, and she change like she can change from the chair. Well. At least you see her change from the chair to her person back and forth, but who knows? Like it's anyone's best guess on the symbolism because I, I didn't get it. I'm and I feel like we're movie snobs. We all know this. You guys listen to the show. You guys know we're movie snobs. Um, Although I do like terrible movies sometimes, also. Uh, But I just didn't get it. And I I know she wanted to feel useful. She was looking. Yeah, thing. like she was, she was trying to find her. Yeah, she was trying to find her niche, and she yeah. Toward the end, you sort of see this thing about she writes off to her boyfriend, like you know, I think I found some use for myself, but I just I don't know. I, like I was trying to figure out maybe if she's actually not a chair, but what she is now is like a chair, and I I, I don't know. Too deep for me. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I was really tired too. I was really tired when I was watching this movie because so you had uh, you'd been playing soccer, hadn't you? Yeah, and I got knee in the back. Yeah, did you get? Yeah, wow. Mm. <laughs> What kind of fucked up shit do you guys rent? That's good. <laughs> this was Netflix streaming. Uh, go to Netflix.com and you can sign up for two weeks free. Uh, yeah, James, you're up next. Um, yeah, I saw a movie that people have heard of. It's called 500 Days of Summer. People have heard of it. <laughs> um, came out this past fall. Um, it's about uh, a guy named Tom, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. 
um, of Third Rock from the, the Sun fame. He was also in a movie called Brick that I highly recommend everyone see. I believe yes. it's available. And on I believe Netflix he played streaming. Cobra Commander also in G.I. Joe, but I'm not positive on that. <laughs> but anyway. Um, and he's the type of guy, you know, who kind of you know, believes in the whole fate and true love type of thing. And he ends up meeting a girl named Summer who's more of the old, you know, whimsical, like, let's just enjoy life, you know, type of stuff. And she's played by Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, um, baby. Yay. <laughs> and the movie looks at uh, 500 days of their relationship. Um, kind of starts late, um, and you're introduced to them by... Uh, seeing the guy Tom kind of just reeling from an, a breakup with a relationship, and the rest of the movie is him kind of reviewing the relationship, and they do that by jumping from you know different times in the relationship, uh, represented by like the title screen saying, "Okay, this is day 300, this is day five, this is day you know 47 or whatever," and you kind of get a you know a review of what happened you know during this relationship, um, and then. During the course of the movie, it evolves to get to the point to where you came in at the breakup, and the rest of the movie is the last part of the 500 days, and turns into you know, will they get back together, or you know, what's going to happen there. Um, I remember when I first saw the trailer, I kind of had some high expectations, but uh, actually, this one actually delivers. Um, it's probably the really? best movie I've seen in a while. Um, probably easily Whoa. the best movie I've reviewed on the show so far. Wow, um, really? Yeah, I this. I, yeah, I really like this movie. It's uh I think it's a good honest look at uh, like a, a love, you know, like a young love type rela- relationship. Uh they did a good job of like mixing romance with like silly humor but also sadness and some frustration and stuff. Um the whole movie is a two two person show, but, you know, with uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe. Um jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt was pretty good. Uh Zoe is great. Loved her. Um, I was. <laughs> yeah, I've always you. been like a. You know, a, I liked her, but I think I'm actually like a, a pretty big fan now after seeing this oh. performance. Um, I Does recommend she... going seeing it, and I think it was a very good movie. Does she sing? That's all. I, that's what I want to know. Does she? Sing? Uh, she does sing, actually. <laughs> of there course is a she scene. does. Yes. Of course she does. So does uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> but yeah, there was. I mean, it, it had a little bit of everything too. I mean. Wow. Pulls on I'm, your heartstrings. I laughed out loud. There, I mean, it was it was pretty. It's a little quirky, but yeah, I liked it overall. That's some remarkable props there, James. So this is this this is favorite of the year, two thousand nine. I guess. Um, out of the movies I've seen this year, it may be. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I think it had a pretty limited release the- theatrical wise, right? Oh yeah. So, at, like, well, I mean, it was it was at our local multiplex actually for oh. a while. Multiplex. Multipass. Awesome, dude. So, uh, so yeah, it was nice to see a you know a good film, and it, this was the result that I was hoping for from uh, that movie Away We Go, that indie film that I was looking right. for, and right. that one was pretty good. But this one, I I think ups it and delivered better than I thought the Away We Go did. Nice, nice. So I guess this is a seal of, seal of approval. Seal of approval. I think you so. Yeah. Stamp? Wow, wow, awesome. So everyone, go see Five Hundred Days of Summer. Seal approval's on it. Going to pit seal approval. If anybody uh, goes and sees that movie, I'm going to kill everybody. Nobody ever goes and sees my seal of approval movies. How many? We need to. We need to make an official stamp. We need to get on that. We have to get the this, production. This might be that. the only one I've ever like given the the seal of approval. Yeah, yeah that's huge. That's crazy. That's crazy. So yeah, let's move on to my uh, fantastic movie review. I also have a movie uh, like James that I was pumped, very pumped to see. Uh, this movie is called Thirst. It is a uh, uh, director Chan Wook Park's latest film. Uh, people familiar with the South Korean director's uh, work would expect 
pretty a deep plot with some colorful cinematography, all coded with pretty much a giant dose of violence. Uh, this movie doesn't particularly let you down in any of those categories, but it just, in general, I was not happy with it. No seal approval, like uh, not uh, very unlike. Uh, <laughs> wow, yeah, came no, straight off the bat with no yeah, seal. Approval. I'm gonna start. Yeah, no seal approval on this one. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let you know right now. Um, but yeah, uh, the plot, the story is about a, a priest played by Kang Ho Sung, which again, I'm slaughtering that name. I'm sure it's pronounced completely differently. Uh, but you, uh, Chen Wu Park uh, fans, would recognize him as uh, uh, the Mister Vengeance of the Sympathy for Mister Vengeance, the guy that goes around uh, getting his vengeance. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> and also he played some smaller roles in Park's uh, other movies. Uh, but he plays a priest that. Uh, signs up for a medical experiment that leaves him as the lone survivor of like 500 patients that end up going into this uh, secluded area, uh, gets this vaccination for a deadly virus, and all the other patients die other than him. And it turns out, uh, since he survived, all the sick people like just around the area end up just worshiping him and asking him for his blessing because he's a father and he survived and he has like these these scars on his face so he's like i forget they have a nickname like some cool name for him like the the wounded priest or something that is giving everyone blessings uh and curing curing people so our, our wounded priest run uh slowly realizes as he's going around still i should i should mention that uh he's a pre i don't know what the specific father or priest or whatever term or name you'd give to him but he goes around and actually does uh last rites at hospitals and um emergency rooms all the time and he slowly realizes now that he survived this terrible disease um that he's a vampire and when he's going around giving people blessings he runs into an old acquaintance who ends up inviting him to his house because after he blessed them he pretty much cured his cancer and uh that's when he meets uh his love interest the the cancer patient's wife and this is this is your normal Chan Wu Park movie, guy pretty much just completely messed up, having his own moral dilemma. He's a priest and a vampire, and he needs to get blood to survive. And it's him trying to figure that out. And now he has this second relate this other issue where he's got a moral problem, falling in love. A, he's a priest. B, he is it's his friend, and he, she's married. And she also wants to, uh, she also falls in love with him. So they have that relationship and you have to see, you pretty much see how that relationship changes throughout the movie and ultimately comes to a, an end before the curtain drops. And, uh, it's pretty intense. Um, but the thing, like, I can't, I've been trying to pinpoint what I didn't like about the movie for a while. It's, it's been sort of bothering me. Um, and I think it's the pacing. It's sort of like the, the screen time that's split between, him realize like with his own moral dilemma situation being uh, like I just described, and the fragile, the fragile-ish relationship he has with this other man's wife, and I, I really do think that Chan Wu Park pulled off like the cinematography from the previous ones. There's some really eerie shots in this movie, um, makes you think a little bit. And there, I, I don't know if you meant to like. There's obviously a religious tone to it. You've got the priest in it, but uh, it seems to be pretty. He doesn't hit you over the head with it, but he might have been trying to make a pretty uh, a big uh, commentary about it, and uh, it didn't seem so much of his style. But uh, I really think the pacing just made it f- feel pretty dragged out, and it just seemed like a longer movie than it actually was. I think it, the movie's two hours and ten minutes, and it like I caught myself thinking, okay, where are we at in this movie? It's taking a while. But um, 
for those the fans of Chandler Park that haven't seen the movie yet, the ending is your is your normal normal ending. It's pretty pretty fantastic. So you got that. If you can get to the ending, there's some pretty pretty crazy shit that happens toward the end. But I might I might rate this as my my least favorite my least favorite of the the four movies of his that I've seen. I haven't seen his first one. I forget the name of it. But uh, but yeah, pretty intense. Now see, I've seen uh, Old Boy and liked it. You know, a lot. And then I've seen the other two, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance and Mr. Vengeance. And those didn't really do a whole lot for me. you recommend right. this for me? Uh, I would put this on par with Mr. Vengeance. Okay. Uh, Mr. Vengeance seemed to have the same issues where there was like a 20 to 30 minute part of the movie where just plot's not turning and it's just nothing's happening. And there's a, p- a couple gory scenes that sort of keep your interest just for the sake of blood. But... Uh, like the plot doesn't go anywhere, and it, it that's that's sort of what I felt in this one. And uh, like I think again, uh, all the movies toward the end have a really interesting ending. Uh, something something I actually stick around for. But uh, if you're a fan, go see it. If you're not a fan, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a good it's that's that's all I got. That's all I got on that. <laughs> As most of you know, or as uh, many of you should know, uh, the year is Y2K10, and uh, there are a lot of a lot of special things going on this year, and uh, movies are no exception. And we wanted to prepare all of you at home, all of you listening, that uh, we want to give you guys a heads up on the cool movies on their way. We're probably going to keep it, you're going to keep it sort of uh, sort of within a, a distance here, where you won't forget after uh, a week or so. But we'll probably talk about the next next three months. We're going to focus on the next three months of movies and try to billboard some of them to let you know. Something to look out for, maybe get your kids prepared to go watch, and uh, maybe to get yourself a little pumped up to see. Go buy a, go buy some tickets early, maybe. Go online to Fandango.com, ching to ching, and uh, yeah, figure figure out what you want to go see. Like all the fake you. sponsorships that we I'm, have. Like, <laughs> somebody please, for the love of God, start paying us. These things are awesome. Uh, anyhow, uh, let's start with uh, our little movie rec- recommendations for uh, the up, uh, c- upcoming months. And uh, let's, uh, Jeff, how about you? How about uh, what what do you have that maybe you're interested in seeing and that you want to share with uh, our listeners that whoa, you want to get them pumped to see? Whoa, whoa! You didn't tell me these were supposed to be recommendations. Oh, they're recommendations. Oh, um, or warning. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I've got. Uh, we'll start with the the book of Eli. Um, to to uh, a science fiction film directed by the Hughes brothers, uh, known from their uh, their work uh, directing Menace to Society, Dead Presidents, American Pimp, and From Hell. Uh, this awesome. This will be uh, their fifth movie, The Book of Eli, starring Denzel Washington. As, uh, and by the way, it can be a recommendation not to see it. Like it's like a it's a negative recommendation. Okay, well I'll I'll just give you the facts and you can make your own decision. Okay. Um, the, uh, it, the the premise of this movie is that in post-apocalyptic 2043, a lone man, Eli, uh, played by Denzel Washington, guards the Book of Eli, a Bible which, to Denzel's Wash- Denzel Washington's knowledge, is the last in the world which provides knowledge that could redeem society and the source of all their pain. The despot, despot that's how you say that word, despot, uh, played by none other than our favorite Gary Oldman, friend of the show. Gary My boy. Uh, uh, the despot of a small makeshift town plans to take possession of the book. 
Um, wow. This just seems like a, like just a, a thrill ride, an absolute romp through the uh, New Mexico desert. and um, Also, uh, uh, Mila Kunis is in it. She's hot. Yeah, Michael Gambon, who I, I'm a big fan of. Um, and Malcolm McDowell. Is this a is this an impersonation I'm I'm not familiar with because I I like the tone you're setting it's pretty serious I like it but I don't think it works for you man I think I'm this sorry. is just how I'm gonna talk from now on <laughs> that's the sophi- sophisticated Jeff sophisticated Jeff welcome to the show I'm happy you're here <laughs> I feel um, like I, I I'm really caring when I talk that way <laughs> I sort of miss tell, alcohol tell Jeff me, a little bit tell me your problems Greg. This is the new Jeff. This is your birth. Like it's the birth. You've you've come. You've turned a new leaf. Turned over. Like, this is it. Turned over a new leaf. I've I've realized yeah. what's really important to me, and it's uh, it's Denzel Washington uh, playing Eli in 2043, a lone person uh, and this, who guards the book of this, Eli, which to his knowledge is the last Bible in the world, and provides knowledge that could redeem society. Okay. All right. So <laughs> you might want to, you might want to uh, as, as after you're done listening to this and Jeff's review, you might want to run to the theater because it actually releases uh, this weekend. Yeah, so yeah, on pr- Friday pretty soon. On Friday. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Jeff's actually saying you should see it. I actually saw the trailer for it. It actually looks interesting. It does kind of look Old- okay. Yeah, Gary Oldman uh, deserves all the props he can get and all the money he can get. So if you want to go see it for him, I'm sure he makes some kind of percentage. I like but, that it's uh, about protecting a Bible, but yeah, the, the entire trailer is pure violence. Yeah, well, uh, have, you, there's a lot of have you ever read the Bible, the Bible, Jim? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the best, the best read of all time. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be going to see it because I've got my own cool list I'm, I want to take care of. But uh, I'm happy your list started with that. But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go see it. Maybe you can, you and your followers, your book of Eli followers, can go see it, but not not me. James, do you have any comments about this one? Uh, no, no. I, Jeff said it all. I do have my own movie I'd like to bring up, though. Okay, go for, go for it. Is it? Uh, it's not the Book of Eli, right? No, like no, a... no. It's uh, it's actually a remake movie that's coming out on uh, March oh, 26th called Clash of the Titans. Ooh. Um, basically, it's. I mean, from what I can tell from the trailer, it is. I mean, a exact duplicate of the old movie, just upgraded with new special effects and, you know. Younger actors, I guess. Uh, it works um, so well for Psycho. Why wouldn't it work for this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not shot for shot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm i actually undecided whether or not I'm I'm very pumped up for this movie. Um, in fact, I, have a, I had a hard time picking out a lot of movies that uh, I would be interested in seeing in the next three months. I was kind of disappointed by the, the selection. But uh, this one is one that kind of intrigued me. Um, the things I'm worried about, though, is... Um, I'm used to the original, and I don't know if you guys have seen the original Clash of the Titans and all of its cheesy glory. And all of its glory. But, uh, I mean, I like the cheesiness of it. I like the the claymation or stop-motion animation of the creatures. I mean, it gave it, like, an otherworldly feel to see the Kraken and the Medusa and that kind of, you know, low effect. Jim was just impressed because it's a talkie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Talkie. How dare they, you know, try and perfect old glory? Yeah, yeah. The glory's gone. Yeah. No, I like. I haven't seen the. Tra- is the Have you seen the owl yet? Is the owl in the trailer? I haven't seen I the mechanical okay. owl Archimedes right. yet. No, I have not. Yeah. But uh, I was surprised because they show the kraken at the end, and that's like you know the big creature of the movie. Yeah. And you kind of think that they'd want to keep that in their pocket for you know 
the movie-going experience. But no, they just kind of threw that out there, too. Kind of like they didn't show Godzilla when Godzilla came out. Right, right. So Matthew Broderick and Hank Azaria. That was a sweet movie, right? (laughs) Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a a pretty decent cast. Uh, Sam Worthington, who's on the fast track to fame right now, is is uh, Mr. Perseus instead of Mr. Harry Hamlin. Um, Liam Neeson's in it. Uh, Rafe Fiennes is in it. And even uh, Pete Postlewaite throws in an appearance, which is nice. Um, the Jason, other thing Fleming, that really... Jason Fleming. Um, I don't know who that is, actually. Uh, you do. You do. It's um, Okay. Uh, yeah. He's he he was in uh, Snatch and Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. He was like the ah uh, yes yes yeah yeah, he's, yeah like the red, I think he's red hair right that guy yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like uh, Brad Pitt's right hand man got it yeah in, uh, yeah Snatch but uh, the other thing that really scares me about this movie is uh, the director is uh, Louis or Louis Leterrier and his other directing credits are Danny the Dog The yes. Incredible Hulk and Transporter Two that's it nothing else. So it's not a great track record. So it's it's definitely going to be interesting. This it looks like they just took the old Greek myth and gave it a little rock and roll attitude and went to town. So does it make you uh, feel any better that his name in French means Louis the Terrier? Um, that's, that's a French lesson. His film Danny the Dog. So maybe that's what inspired <laughs> that. Uh, so, so are are you is uh, Jim Maloney going to be at theaters when this comes out? I may be. I'm, I doubt I'm it. A little, okay. I'm a little leery of it, but, uh, you know, since I wanted to go to the theater more often this year, as you right. know, my New Year's resolution, I may go see it. You got some cash coming. You got some cash coming. You can uh, spend yeah. it on movies. You can spend it on movies. Um, yeah, I have I have two or three I want to talk about, but I'll, I'll just give, I'll give it to you one piece at a time here. And I, uh, I picked one obvious tag and one uh, not so much. Uh, the one that everyone knows about, uh, Alice in Wonderland, comes out March 5th. We're getting there, people. It's coming. It's close. It's almost here. Can you say Justin Burton classic? Yeah. Can you just hold out just a little bit longer? I, like, I, I'm a little energized here just thinking about it because it just looks so goddamn cool. Um, the trailers are out there. Go see them. I think we looked, linked one or tw- two on Gunga Pit. But, um, yeah, so pretty much you're looking at, for people that don't know, it's uh, the story of Alice returning to the coolest fantasy world of all time. And uh, it continues under Tim Burton's leadership, uh, Tim Burton being a crazy person and is uh, totally awesome. Uh, and it's got a star-studded cast. The, the, the movie lands on uh, t- the, my, uh, pretty much the top of my to-do list in, uh, in March. I will be there at theaters. Definitely going to see it. Hey, you want to go see um, that movie with me, Greg? I don't know. I uh, I don't want to commit to anything with you, Jeff. Well, that's a good idea like because, you know, when you commit to things and you tell people you're going to go see then they expect you to. So it's probably a good idea not to commit. Right, right. Um, but starring, starring Alice herself, we've got Mia Wasikowska, which uh, I believe she's pretty much a relative nobody. And uh, it's a really cool move. Uh, Johnny Depp plays the Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter playing the Red Queen. Tons of tons of other people. Anne Hathaway, Crispin Glover, Christopher Lee. Uh, but an- one huge thing I want to point out is Alan Rick. Oh, I know we talked about this before. Alan Rickman plays the caterpillar, and what's cool about it is this is sort of uh, unlike the Kraken that Jim was talking about. They have you haven't seen him in anything. You haven't seen him in any promos, any trailers. Like I- they're keeping him under wraps. And I know it's- he's probably going to be just all voice unless like his face is like on the CG of this caterpillar, but. I think he's going to be awesome, and I hope uh, I hope it's really cool. And uh, it is Rickman, after all. He is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Is this is. movie going to be in like 3D or anything? Yes, it, it is? will be. Okay, yep. I, I thought I heard something like that. It will be. It'll um, be interesting. Everything's going to be in 3D now. Uh, everything. So just be be prepared. And the other <laughs> thing, the, 
Yeah. Your Every, face uh, is in 3D. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing I liked about it, if you haven't seen any of the trailers or anything about it, uh, it being this sort of like a sequel to uh, the first Alice in Wonderland. Oh, like uh, the second much- Wizard of Oz movie. Yeah, that was a really scary movie. And that's the thing. This movie looks relatively scary and dark, and it's you know it's Tim Burton's touch. So I uh, I really think he's going to do a really good job with the the world and everything you see in the trailer leads me to believe he, that he did. And uh, yeah, uh, maybe we'll do a Gunga Pit uh, Gunga Pit theater theater uh, trip. We'll see. You, uh, you did Jeff mention can lead it. You did mention that Crispin Glover is playing the Knave of Hearts, right? I did. Well, I said Crispin Glover's in it, okay. but I did not say he was playing the name. Okay, Hearts. guy, I'm sorry. Um, uh, it's all right. It's all right. No problem. Uh, but yeah, are you guys you guys with me on this or what? Yes, this is probably the most excited I am about a movie for the next three months. So. Yes, and this is number one on the hit list. Well, yeah. Avatar for me is number one on the hit list because I haven't seen it yet because one of my friends uh, who should be right, nameless right, right. just absolutely betrayed me. Right. So, everyone everyone listening at home or on the car, make sure you take that pen out and write down March 5th, Alice Warren Land. Go see it. And, yeah, you might not want to take your kids. Uh, yeah, so let's move on. One more, probably one more from each of us. James, what do you got? What, if you have one more, one more you can pick. One more? Uh, well, let me talk about uh, St. John of Las Vegas then. I'll try, I'm thinking about squeezing in more of an independent film in my viewing, so this kind of intrigued me when I saw the trailer. Um, basically, it's uh, it's Steve Buscemi's playing this ex-gambler guy who was like a blackjack player in, uh, in Vegas, and he's trying to quit it. He leaves. He uh, goes to the Albuquerque, I believe it is, becomes a fraud investigator, but the <laughs> case takes him back to Vegas, and he gets wrapped back up in the whole scene, and hijinks ensue. And it looks very over-the-top, kind of dark comedy. Um, the cast looks pretty good, so it, it kind of intrigued me, and I'm interested in seeing it. Um, it's probably going to be one of those limited-release ones, though, so I'm going to have a hard time finding it. Uh, January 29th is supposedly the release date. Um, besides Buscemi, it's got uh, Peter Dinklage, who I really like. Yeah, uh, Sarah Silverman. Um uh, John Cho, Emmanuel Shrieky, and uh, Romani Marco, I believe is what his name is. Uh, he's the guy from uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, the African-American guy there. And I kind of liked him in that. So, um, But anyway, yeah, it looks kind of intriguing, a little over the top, like I said. But, uh, yeah, I think I might give that one a try, see how it goes. Steve Buscemi and anything looks awesome. Sarah Silverman, I don't know if I can stand, though. That's, that's an interesting situation. She's mm-hmm. one of the few female comedians I actually find funny. Interesting. Yeah, there's interesting. not very many of them. Nah. Jeff, what's your what's your take on female comedians <laughs> and this movie? <laughs> female comedians, uh, movie. Uh. Uh, when's the movie come out? Do we know? Uh, according to the one site, it was January 29th, so pretty oh, soon here. Pretty soon, pretty soon. Uh, yeah, Steve Buscemi's uh, Steve Buscemi might be uh, my uh, my boy. I'm not really sure though. I think I'm gonna keep my. You got you've got like a whole family of boys going right now. You're gonna have to yeah, start saving yeah. up to put them all through college pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Jeff. What do you? What's your? Uh, what's? Uh, I'm sorry, not Jeff, not the alcoholic Jeff. We're dealing with the the sophisticated <laughs> Jeff now. Sophisticated Jeff. What? What's? What's next on your list of the? If you have three months, we're looking at a three month period coming up. You have one more movie to pick. What would you want to? Would you? Would you want to go see? Uh, I want to go see. 
want to go see or it's on your list of just making fun of one of the two well there's this movie uh, i'm sorry there, there's this movie coming out it's called valentine's day it's coming out right before valentine's day um it's a romantic co- comedy directed by gary marshall the screenplay by Catherine fugatti um the film is actually rated pg-13 for some sexual content so you know it'll be good um <laughs> It's starring uh, Jessica Alba, Kathy Bates, Jessica Biel, Bradley Cooper, Patrick Dempsey, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer okay. Garner, Topher Grace, Anne Hathaway, okay. Ashton Kutcher, so- Queen Latifah, Taylor Swift, George... The second movie I want to see, uh, I let's see what's on my list here. Uh, I'm going to have to find something a little better than him. I'll pick one a little more... This is another little unknown. Not, a little, not, not unknown, but very odd. Off the beaten path. Uh, the movie is I Love You, Philip Morris, which you might think it's about cigarettes, but it's not, because it's sort of like... I saw the trailer. It looks fucked up. Uh, Wait, Mar- it's not about cigarettes? No, not about cigarettes. comes out March 26th. I love cigarettes like that goddamn camel. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it comes out March 26th. Uh, should be... So you've got, you've got a month to prepare yourself, because it, you're, you're going to have to wrap your mind around this one. It's pretty intense. Uh, Jim Carrey and Ewan McGregor star in it. Uh, Jim Carrey... In the beginning, plays a sort of sort of a guy that's in a marriage. I think he actually has kids too, and he ends up actually having a dramatic uh, gets in a dramatic car accident and realizes that he's been living his he's been living a lie and that he's an act, he's actually a homosexual and he's attracted to all, like uh, he's attracted to all these like fancy men that he ends up having to have to make a lot of money to live that new lifestyle. So he ends up turning into uh, a con man to live this new lifestyle of his, and from there he ends up getting pinched. I'm going to use pinched as a, as a, <laughs> as a yeah, pinched and <laughs> That's going, awesome, going to prison. And in prison, he you he meets instead of saying prison, can you say like the slammer? The or slammer. Like he goes he goes to the the pen and ends the up pen. Meet, meeting Ewan McGregor, which becomes his new love interest of the movie, and. Yeah tries to pretty much win you and McGregor over and it's a story about him dealing with his new, his prison life getting out of prison trying to get you and McGregor to actually love him and it seems what's weird about this movie is based on the plot you think okay this is Jim Carrey going for another Oscar or another but going another attempt at an Oscar um, but when I saw the trailer and I read more about it, it actually seems that Jim Carrey is almost in the norm. Like he has to do all these crazy stunts when he's doing it, the con gig in the beginning. And then in, when he's trying to win Ewan McGregor's heart, like he's dressing up and walking around and he's got just, just doing all these stupid things. Like I, you see him like jumping off, uh, like the second floor of the prison down to the bottom, mm-hmm. trying to like chase Ewan McGregor and just saying like, I love you, Philip Morris. He says it like 10 times in the trailer. And, um, just it wearing did, outrageous outfits. Yeah, well, you know, re- fabulous outfits, fabulous outfits. No, um, I think even for you know homosexuals, we're talking outrageous. So, um, anyhow, yeah, it's it just seems like he's playing a ludicrous character, per yeah, usual of Jim Carrey. It was kind of a weird mix. It kind of seemed like you know serious subject matter, you know, standard Jim Carrey humor. Right, right, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really curious. Ewan McGregor, I haven't, I don't know a role to compare this to that he's played. Like he plays, like he seems a little, like he seems like he does a little, like uh, some really stupid stuff too. Because I remember there's like a part where him and Jim Carrey are like running away with hands held and just 
screaming stuff. I don't remember. Like, I'm trying to remember exactly what the trailer was, but um, yeah, it it seems weird. Now, the reason I'm bringing it up is mainly just because it's this is a break in the mold for Hollywood. I think it's going to be really interesting. Like, it's just pretty much a male male love story with a little quirkiness in it. And I uh, I don't know. Jim Carrey might actually uh, he might hit it out of the park. That's the reason I want to bring it up. This thing has potential. But this I'm, is, not, I'm this, not convinced. This thing does stink of Oscar. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything about it. I've never even heard of it until just now. But right. just this just does stink of Oscar bid. Right. I don't know. It's it's a it's more of a dramatic comedy though. Like I don't know. Like I guess dramatic. Yeah. See, I didn't. Make it, but... I didn't even get any sense of drama from watching the the trailer though. That was right. the weird part. Right. It's just the subject matter was kind of heavy, but. Yeah. Every um, scene they show was just ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Like maybe they just pulled the trailer out and somebody somebody didn't get the memo that that's not what the movie was supposed to be about and they fucked up. But um, they've there's obviously been misleading trailers to begin. To, Is that uh, how trailers work? Is that... <laughs> um, anyhow, there. I think it could be really good. Keep an eye out March twenty fifth or twenty sixth if you want to see it. Uh, that's the date, and it should be. It's it's interesting if nothing else, and uh, it has potential. That, that's the reason I want to bring it up. So, did you know that Mel Gibson's going to be in a new movie? Um, I Mel Gibson's always doing movies. I didn't know there was one coming out in three months though. What is it? Yeah, uh, Edge of Darkness. He got out of prison and now he's doing a movie called Edge of Darkness. That's fantastic. That's great. Uh, James, yeah, it looks awesome. <laughs> All right, yeah, Jeff, go ahead. You can do one. One. one Jeff's oh no, I just, wanted, Jeff. I just wanted to bring up that Mel Gibson's finally out of prison, <laughs> and now, now he's doing a, a movie called Edge of Darkness. Oh. Yeah, that's great. With some, with some horrible writing, if you've seen the trailer. That's fantastic. My my my, my protests finally paid off. So if if everybody at home could, if you guys could swim, get, if you guys could make it through that uh that labyrinth of uh, movie suggestions for the next three months, uh, I hope you got, I hope you guys got some any of them. I hope, I hope you guys got some good. <laughs> so I got some good pointers. Uh, Jeff, sophisticated Jeff, uh, might be leaving the show soon. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, I, I really miss Alcoholic Jeff so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, let's move on to the, our final feature of, of our uh, movie hour, uh, the Parker Posey play-along. One of, one of Yay! My faves. One of my faves. Sophisticated Jeff, shut up. Shut up. It's not your turn. Uh, I wasn't being... I was... Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, but yeah, Parker Posey play-along being the question we uh, bring up every week here at the, sh- at the movie hour, and we uh, bring to gungabit.com. And uh, at the Facebook at our Facebook page, if you search the movie hour, you can find it there. Um, last week, question, last week's question was <laughs> our production team's back on it finally. Uh, uh, last week's question was brought to you by James. And uh, James, what was your question again? Uh, I was asking whose career comeback or long overdue career arrival are you most pleased about? Right. And actually, I want to point out my answer on the boards was sort of truncated thanks to Jeff. I was trying to tell him what it was. And then he texted it for me to Jim, emailed it, and it was completely, completely wrong. Um, I had been drinking. <laughs> I just want to point out how Jeff Bridges is r- truly an inspiration to all the acting community, and uh, he's m- finally going to get his just desserts. And, uh, yeah, that's that's that was my answer. I, I just wanted to read say it again. Um, we didn't get uh, as much participation per usual, but uh, was there any, anybody you wanted to pick out to in, uh, point their answer out? I'm very oh. disappointed in our listeners. <laughs> yeah, we well, did. They, we did get two responses, and neither of them got him right because none of those guys were an Iron Man or any of the Iron Man, <laughs> 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 which was apparently our our secret theme. Yeah, but, no, no I, I did like the the Brol the Brolin's a good call. Brolin, Brolin is a good call. Very good call. 
And uh, Neil Patrick Harris was the other answer from Michelle W., which is good, but he's more TV, I think. So, yeah. Thanks for trying. I also like how uh, <laughs> Varys understands that Jim's uh, boy is Josh Brolin, and now it's, yeah. it's official for sure. It's good, um, it's good to know that someone right. cares. Um, good news is, though, this, this new Parker Posey, uh, I, have the, I have the next one. I have the next Parker Posey, and it's it's phenomenal. Brown. It's going it, to bring people. This is people... one we're going to run for three years. Three years running. Yeah. This is going to be the Parker Posey. This question. is the Parker Posey. This is it. This is phenomenal. It's going to get number one worldwide. Box can we play office. the yeah. 2001 music? The uh, the Stroud. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. I'll see if I can find it. Greg okay. has been building this up for like Not at for like least an hour. an hour and yeah. a half. All right. So Parker Posey, play along. Uh, you can find it at gungbit.com and at the boards. I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring up a phenomenal question, and Jeff Rocky Road have to answer it a lot. No, um, <laughs> my question is fucking dumbass. <laughs> my question is, what character or characters in a movie uh, play the role play best the role of comic relief and why? So think of your all the movies out there that have you know some drama to them, and there's a character, maybe characters that. Play the best, and I know Jim knows where this is going because I'd asked Jim stuff before. Um, play the best comic relief out of all the movies you've seen, and there's a lot of options out there, tons of options. I'm going with the best option. Uh, the brownies from Willow are uh, are my answer. Specifically, obviously, the characters uh, Rule and Frangine. I had to look up Frangine's name because I I totally forgot what it was. Um, but Kevin Pollock's one from, of them. I know that. Yeah, the, yeah, Kevin Pollock's one of them. The other guys, uh, other guys, actually done a lot of stuff, and he's done TV stuff too. Uh, you'll recognize his face if you see him, but I don't remember the name. I, f- of I forget his name. Yeah, even. Uh, I have it somewhere, but. Uh, yeah, they, it's pretty much the brownies in this movie. I'm sure everyone's seen Willow, but they team up with Willow and Man Mardigan to battle like this powerful sorceress, ending in complete success. And the thing that makes it makes these guys like the best comic relief uh, more so than the usual losers is uh, there are multiple races in this movie, and they play brownies who are the smallest of these people. You have the Nelwyn, which are like dwarves, and then you have the Daikinis, which are human-sized people, and they're the smallest. So they have no, they pretty much have no repercut, like uh, no, uh, don't know the word, but... Room. No room. Yeah, they have, they're pretty much, what's the word? <laughs> they have no recourse uh, against their bigger, their bigger races, other than no. just, other than just talking shit nonstop. So, like, the only thing they can do is talk to these people and make, like, just try to get them to do what they want with words other than because they can't do anything with brute force and it's seeing them going throughout the movie and like having no physical effect other than like when they chop a rope or something at some point um i think spoiler I, alert jesus <laughs> i think they do a great job and i think they are number one comic relief of a of a movie and i and i guess you can argue what comic relief would be like some Arnold Schwarzenegger in any movie, comic relief, yeah. But um, so yeah, what do you guys got? Anything just immediately uh, popped to your head? My uh, my immediate thought was uh, alphanumeric, and it was R two D two. That is good. That is good. That is a that is a good one. Just, Especially just the tandem it. between the two. Yeah, yeah. Um, the R two D two slash C three PO thing, uh, very good, and just R two D two like just being silly and making funny noises and yeah, spraying out smoke and you know, the two of them bickering like an old married couple. 
Yeah, exactly. Everybody, well, yeah. I know, I know, I did love it, like, in the original three, obviously, they're great. There was one, I remember the one movie specifically, though, I think it was uh, episode two, is it the Attack of the Clones, when they go to that one factory, and it's just R2 and C-3PO just, like, falling into lava over and over again, and, like, trying to not <laughs> die from, like, obviously, those movies were I wasn't down, talking but, about those yeah, movies. Yeah. Anyways... <laughs> I, that's not a bad pick. Not a, and R2-D2 not being able to speak, that might give him some extra points. He's got the beeps and boops going on. But right, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. You have to understand, from all the the very few things he can do, you have to you get the joke. And uh, I, I like that. That's a good pick. Uh, well, James, yeah, and like, part of it, too, would be like, you know, he'd say something, and then, like, somebody would, uh, you know, respond to him in English and be like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, how absurd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James, you got one top, top of your head? Yeah, um, actually, I was... When you were first saying that, I thought you were going to go with actor, but uh, I've got a, a choice between two of them that are played by the same person. But Ooh. I'm going to I'm going to pick one, and uh, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Hudson from Aliens. Ooh, nice, by Good one. Bill Paxton. Hold I on, hold on. So there's another Hudson role, or not a Hudson, Bill Paxton role that plays comic relief that you really like. Uh, yeah, I liked him a lot in True Lies, also. Oh. I was going to try to guess it, but it's all right. Oh, sorry. It's all right. I'll fit it in um, later. I'll just edit it in. <laughs> right. uh, but, yeah, Hudson's great. I mean, the entire movie is this intense war pick, you know, fighting aliens, blah, blah, blah. And he's trying to crack wise, looking like a total Game douche. Over, man. Yeah, he's just total douche. Just, I don't know. Everything he says is over the top and hilarious. Why and a good put her in charge? to the, the tense, you know, scenes that are going on around him. He's supposed to be this hard marine, but he whines a lot and stuff. And it's great. Bruce Campbell. Why don't you put her in charge? So, yeah, lots of great lines for him, and he that stole is a good, pretty yeah. much every scene he was in. That is a really good pick. I, I, I think I, I might change mine to Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell? That, that's tough, because he's like the, from what? Like, you're like, just talking he's, about yeah, I guess he's or, not the relief. Yeah, he's just like yeah. a movie, but still. Right. Like, uh, no, whatever, I'm sticking with, with R2-D2. I think, James, you made the right choice between the two roles, just because in True Lies, yeah. he's he's only like a, um, he's part of it for what, 20 minutes or something? Like, right, right. But yeah, good good picks. And uh, yeah, we're looking for your answers at uh, gungabit.com. We'll put the question up there, and we'll also put it up Facebook. on uh, Facebook. It'll be on Facebook. Uh, you'll find it uh, on the Movie Hour page. Just search for it, and you'll... Uh, You'll see it there, and it's yeah, excellent question. And I will uh, I'll say it one more time. Uh, what character or characters in the movie play the role of comic relief the best, and why? Um, and yeah, we're lo- only one answer to there, people. I know everyone's there's tons of answers for this, but contain yourselves, uh, restrain yourselves. I mean, and uh, yeah, uh, I guess uh, James and Jeff, another another good episode of the, the movie hour. Hope everyone enjoyed listening. I forgot to say thank you, hey. but thank you for the input. <laughs> Drive safe, guys. Yeah, drive. There's crazy accidents, man. Snow all over the place in uh, Michigan. So be careful, people. Be careful. It's, it's good advice. Heed Jeff's advice. Sophisticated Jeff's advice. Hopefully, Alcoholic Jeff will be back uh, next week. Sorry. <laughs> I like how I'm hoping for Alcoholic Jeff. That's, that's just hilarious. He did turn to creepy Jeff. This, there is, a, this is a horrible thing to say, but I like Jeff better when he's drunk. <laughs> oh, anyhow, uh, take care, everyone. Drive safe, like uh, Jeff said, and uh, yeah, have a have a happy start to Y2K10. Be careful from those robots, man. Uh, right here, Kirstie Alley's Low Fat Movie Hour. See you guys later. Spoiler alert: Following hour of protein. <laughs> <laughs>
following hour of programming. Oh, I can't Spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 